Dateline, a long time ago, galaxy far, far away. The clone armies of the Republic are spread out across the galaxy, fighting droid armies of the Separatist movement. And from the front lines of the battle comes Frontline, the Clone War podcast, with your host, Michael Cohen. And now, Michael Cohen. Welcome to the 25th episode of Frontline's The Clone Wars podcast for two episodes, uh, Holocron Heist and Cargo of Doom. I am Michael Cohen, and uh, along with me we've got The Crankster Matt. is here. He is the here. Crankster. And, <laughs> and, uh, and we are coming to you on this momentous Huge. occasion, our 25th episode that coincides with the season premiere of wow. Clone Wars season two, How'd so you find uh, that that's out? kind of a, it's like <laughs> I I didn't. It's a total happy nice. accident. It just was it that just the silver anniversary. But okay, yeah, yeah. Wow. Something. So uh, pretty cool, pretty cool that we're here with the twenty fifth episode. It's uh, it's been a little bit over a year, and I've got twenty five episodes out. Hopefully, we can do more episodes this coming Hopefully. year than I did last year. But uh, but yeah, it's kind of it's pretty cool. Uh, so we got a, a lot, lot of stuff, of stuff this week. So we're gonna jump right into some news, and uh, and our first piece of news is that Clone Wars season premiere, uh, season two will premiere in the UK on October twenty fourth. Uh, the Force.net is reporting that Clone Wars season two is gonna be premiering on the channel Sky Movies. Uh, Saturday, October 24th. The official statement on the Sky Movies website reads, The force is strong with Sky Movies this October as Star Wars The Clone Wars returns to Sky Movies with 22 all-new episodes. Beginning Saturday, October 24th on Premiere HD, uh, Season 2 continues chronicling the cataclysmic Clone Wars that ravaged the galaxy. As Anakin Skywalker, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Yoda, and Ahsoka Tano battle to stop the evil plans of the Sith Lords and their oh, droid you, army. You so, should be happy. Uh, pretty, yeah, pretty, yeah, that's, pretty that's, weeks that's, behind, that's yeah. good news, because I know that I had gotten a couple of emails, and there were some posts on the right. forum uh, from from some UK uh, listeners that, um, that were upset that they were going to have to wait. I mean, I got one email that said that he just found the show. He just found Frontline's. And uh, and he was upset because he just got all caught up, and now he's going to have to wait at least a half a year yeah. before he can listen to the next episodes. But now he knows that. Well, if he's not listening to this, I guess he won't know. But um, he can start watching it on October twenty fourth. I'm going yeah, to write it. Let him know. Let him know. <laughs> let him know. <laughs> that he can listen. Um, yeah, yeah. So I mean, that's that's really the only news. There's actually, I mean, since we uh, just had the season premiere, there's not a lot else. Talk well, about one more thing just, too. Um, the Star Wars in concert started on the first, oh, yeah, and yeah. I will be attending on the ninth. That's this coming Friday here in Sacramento. So, look for a review of that and some pictures. Uh, I hope to get that up uh, this next weekend. Maybe post some pictures on the Facebook site, and then hopefully have a review and some uh, pictures on the Clone Wars podcast website as well so stay tuned for that and if you know if you if you're going to the concert or if you've gone already i know there's only a few um uh concerts that have that have taken place already but if you've gone let us know write us a 
review if you want and let us know what you think. So, um, yeah, yeah, so, definitely. Um, like I said, I'm looking forward to that. Okay. So, so with that, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so with that, I guess we'll move into collecting news. So we finally got some collecting news, uh, after the long drought. I mean, there's been some stuff that's shown up over, over the summer, uh, in, in the stores, a lot, uh, some of the three and three right. quarter stuff. Um, I know that up here in Canada, the, uh, the turbo tank has started showing up, but I think that's been, that's been around down in the States for, yeah, a we're just now, looking so. for it to go on clearance now or I, at red tag. Yeah. actually. <laughs> red tag. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, we've got some, some new items. Uh, the first item is uh, Jedi bathrobes. Uh, Gizmodo has a post on their site about these Jedi bathrobes being sold by a company called FindMeAGift.com. Uh, their website has pictures of the robe. It's made of 100% cotton velour, and of course, uh, the the uh, the the cinching belt though, and the uh, the pockets on it because it's got two pockets yeah. on the front. Uh, make it look more like Jawa's like robes Jawa. than yeah. like it, it. It looks a lot like they put a little emblem on it, like the the little uh, oh, the lightsaber with the wings. You know that's supposed to look that's a rebel, like logo, the rebel yeah. logo. Looks like um, yeah. yeah. They they put that on it to make it a Jedi robe, but it doesn't really look yeah, like I know. a Jedi robe. You it put looks, some uh, it, it looks like, like a Jawa. Put a black mask and some red eyes on it, and I think you got a Jawa right there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but it's kind of cool. But the thing is, is I don't think that this is an official product. This doesn't look licensed to me, because uh, when I went to their site, the site is very uh, bargain basement yeah. looking, I yeah. guess. <laughs> um, so I don't, I don't think that this is an official product. I think that this is, yeah. this it's is unofficial. unofficial. So, uh, so we'll see if. If you guys are interested in getting yourself a Jedi bathrobe, then uh, then you better head over to findmeagift.com <laughs> real quick because if Gizmodo is reporting on this, you know that. Like if I found it, and, and I also saw it on theforce.net, so if we're all reporting on it, then you know Lucasfilm can't be oh, far yeah. behind. And, uh, and if there's any sort of copyright infringement, they'll shut it down. So if you want one, get yeah, one if too. You're a, if you're a bathrobe <laughs> wearer, I guess. Well... You probably already have the Snuggie, so you might not even need this. Who knows? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, Snuggie, it's a little known fact, but uh, Snuggies are for sale. Oh, okay. So, okay. okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's only if you're a set. That's why they had to come up with this to oh, okay. combat yeah, the Snuggie. Definitely. <laughs> what else yeah. we got? Uh, uh, we got some Star Trans- Wars Transformers. Uh, these guys, There's there's been a few pictures of these already i think but there's been some really good pictures posted lately of the uh the star wars transformers twilight and y-wing uh rebelscum.com as well as um uh, jediinsider.com has had uh several photos posted of these new figures which which are all right i mean uh, i shouldn't say that the clone the clone pilot uh as a prototype Y-Wing from, from the Malevolent Saga. That looks really cool, I think. But um, the Anakin looks yeah, really dumb. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say that because it's, it's the Twilight, Twilight that transforms yeah. into Anakin. And for some reason, there's like a little R2-D2 that he comes with. But it's just like this little cylinder peg thing. 
and uh, and he comes with a lightsaber. But if you actually look at look at the the figure in vehicle mode, the lightsaber doesn't go. What about R two? Does he go anywhere? Yeah, R two sticks to the side as one oh, of the okay. engines okay. or something like that. Um, but yeah, the lightsaber doesn't go anywhere as opposed to like with all the other ones, we always got like two lightsabers because they'd make them like the laser blasters or whatever. And, uh, and then with this figure, they give them a lightsaber, but, uh, they don't put it anywhere. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's hard keeping up with all these toys and, um, I have hard enough time keeping up with a three and three quarter inch. So man, um, do you collect any of the, uh, transformer stuff? Star Wars. Um, I got yeah. I got a couple of them when the line started, but they uh, when you compare them to the quality of an actual Transformer, they are they are very sorely lacking. Yeah. So it's not really been something that I mean I kind of wanted the Death Star that transforms into Darth Vader because that was actually a pretty right. cool looking figure. But uh, I mean I've got I have the I have the Millennium Falcon that transforms into Han and Chewie. And I like that. That's a really good figure. But, I mean, most of them, I've got the X-Wing, Darth Vader's TIE Fighter, and and Slave One. And they are all terrible. They're terrible, terrible figures. Yeah, Yeah, like, the vehicle modes tend to be all right, but the the robot modes are terrible. Like, you just can't get a good balance between the two of them. No, I don't know. You know what the problem is, is that they try and make them into characters instead of just making them transformers and i think it would be cooler if like the millennium falcon transformed into optimus prime instead of transforming into into han and chewy you know what i mean like i think that would be but yeah you know that's one man's (laughs) opinion i guess yeah well i guess with that we'll start we're going to get jump right into the uh recap um, do you want to start yeah. off? Yeah. So the first episode, uh, season premiere, was Holocron Heist. So we're going to get into that. Uh, high above Felucia, a trio of Republic cruisers pound a blockade of Separatist frigates. Leading their reinforcements is Jedi Master Plo Koon, aboard the blue-decorated Jedi Starfighter gifted to him by Anakin Skywalker during the Malevolence Crisis. The gunships penetrate the atmosphere, vectoring toward a landing zone, Near uh, deer of immense pitcher plants and other exotic flora of Felucia. On the ground, Obi-Wan and Anakin block incoming fire, standing beneath a mighty ATTE walker. In the air, Plo Koon swings his vessel around, blasting apart one of the vultures. The other droid gets caught in the explosion and spins out of control, smashing the ground hard and tumbling into an ATTE. The Jedi dodge the collision and realize that reinforcements must be on their way. Anakin and Obi-Wan radio Ahsoka, who should be returning from her assigned patrol duty. She's in the thick of battle as well, deflecting incoming laser fire while standing atop an immense clone turbo tank. Kenobi orders her to prepare for extraction, but she refuses to retreat. Kenobi reinstates his order, but Ahsoka instead follows Skywalker's maxim of never giving up when the enemy is on the run. Now... Um, at this point here, we see a close-up of Ahsoka, and earlier, or the last podcast, I talked about how I thought the, the lightsabers looked a little different and slowed down a little bit, and this is the first chance that I saw, or first instance that I saw that. Uh, she has this reverse grip mm-hmm. as she's standing atop the tank, 
and she's doing kind of the uh, back and forth flourishes around her body. Um, and I thought that looked pretty good. It looked slowed down. Um, so, so far, yeah, I mean, yeah. later on in the episodes, it gets a little jerkier and then it goes back. So, I mean, it looks like they're getting it. And I was kind of happy to see that. So. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was much more flowing. And at one point, she even, while while she's on top of the, the turbo tank, she even does like a... It's like a really, really slow backhand right. spring. Like, like uh, you see, like gymnasts do them, where they'll put like their hand behind them and they'll arch backwards and then follow through and stand up. And she does that while she's blocking blaster fire, and it's actually really impressive and kind of makes you you think a little bit more of the Jedi, and particularly of her, which is really nice because I think that for the first season she was right. a little bit. She was a little cut and dry. I mean, she had some good moments, but for the most part, she was she was. We never really saw what made her so advanced that she got the level to, she's um, at with Anna. Yeah, being a Padawan already. Yeah, that she got right. to be a Padawan so early in in her right. career, right? Like at at like oh, what she's supposed think, to be like yeah, fourteen yeah, years old or something. Yeah, definitely teenager, younger teenager. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so she continues to advance, forcing Anakin to land the evacuation craft directly in her path, thus causing her to stop. Anakin jumps out of the gunship and orders Ahsoka aboard. He tells her that the droids are about to overrun her position, but she cannot see it from her vantage point. Reluctantly, Ahsoka boards the gunship, and as it lifts off, she does indeed see that dozens of droid reinforcements stood ready to ambush her if she had continued her push forward. Later, Ahsoka is being debriefed by the stern Jedi Council. Anakin takes responsibility for Ahsoka's failure. He attributes her advanced abilities for his oversight of her youthful shortcomings. Nonetheless, Yoda assigns her to guard duty at the Jedi Archives. This is actually a really cool yeah, scene because it's kind of it reminds me a lot of um, when when uh, Qui Gon and Obi Wan along with, uh, well, I guess there's the two scenes, because Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan go and talk to the council, and then uh, and then Anakin comes in later in episode one, like right after I'm that, so, and then they, they right. deal with him. Yeah, and uh, and it's got that moment in, in episode one where Qui-Gon sort of, um, sort of talks oh, back yeah, a definitely. little bit, like he sort, he sort of lips off, and uh, and you get that same sort of feeling here, but because... Because Qui Gon's a Jedi right. Master, they don't they don't really do let anything him, about it. Know. Like they they just kind of Yoda and Obi Wan and uh, and uh, Mundi just kind of look <laughs> at each other, just sternly, just like freaking Qui Gon's yeah, yeah. such a pain in the butt. But with with Ahsoka, she lips off, and and uh, I don't remember. I think it's Yoda who said who like pretty much gives her. It's it's like one of those instances where she's pretty much getting detention. Yeah. Like she's getting the, the Jedi equivalent to detention, and she's like she's like detention. Yeah. Are you serious? And they're like, you just bought yourself another week. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> That's pretty much how it goes. So it's like, as opposed to Grand Master Yoda and Jedi Master Mace Windu, we see uh, we see you know principal and vice principal Yoda right. and Windu. You know? down it's it's a pretty yeah. good scene. Yeah, it was a pretty good. Yeah, the Jedi archives look look really good as as um, as she first comes in. Oh, actually, you know what? Let's wait. I'm going to do this one line or this one section here real quick, and I'll talk about this. Uh, deep sure. inside the Jedi archives, 
Ahsoka meets Jocasta Nu, the director of this vast information depository. The deepest secrets are contained within the holocron vaults, where holocrons, data storage systems that can only be opened through the Force, reside. So, like I said, the archives look really good. They did a pan shot of the Jocasta and yeah. um, Ahsoka walking through and looked just like uh, episode two. So that looked really good. And I liked the the voice of Jocasta. It seems like with this series, they're trying to match the voices as best they can. And um, I kind of like that, how they're doing that. You know, like uh, yeah. the voice of Obi-Wan, he can do so many voices and, and he tries to mix old Alec Guinness with Ewan McGregor and kind of mixes them together to make his, his version of Obi-Wan and it sounds really close to the yeah. other two so I kind of like the way they do that um, yeah definitely uh, let's see let's go we're going to go to the next uh, chapter here in the Coruscant Underworld within a seedy hotel Cad Bane stands inside a dingy room biding his time a hologram of Darth Sidious appears Sidious tasks Bane to acquire a Jedi holocron for him. Bane notes it won't be easy. To do so would require him to infiltrate the Jedi Temple. He requests a rogue-class starfighter with elite weapons, a cloaking device, and triple his usual rate. Sidious agrees and will provide Bane with the means to infiltrate the Temple. In the Jedi War Room, Yoda is distracted by a disturbance in the Force. He senses that the Jedi Temple will be host to danger. The intruders are on their way. In his apartment, Bane hunches over Toto 360, his fidgety techno service droid, as he implants a small security chip into the slot of the droid's back. The two are joined by Cato Parasiti. She is part of Bane's plot to steal a holocron. The two pull up intelligence provided by Darth Sidious on Bola Ropal, a Jedi knight in the mid-rim. The chip that Toto carries is a piece of the puzzle. He has all the technical data regarding the temple security systems. Also provided by Sidious are detailed holographic maps of their destination. So here we get to um, basically what this episode is going to be about. Um, Bane is going after a holocron. And uh, yeah. so we see him for the first time. And, uh, you know, of course, I love this character. And he looked great. This, the animation was, it was really cool. Um, and we get to see, starting now and progressing in these two episodes, how smart this character is going to, how smart he is. I mean, he's smart. He's, yeah. he's deadly. It seems like he knows what's going on with the Jedi. Um, so that is one of the reasons that, uh, I like this character a lot. And I liked him in this first, this first scene and throughout this uh, first part of the, uh, episode. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It is like we're seeing a, a little bit more about Bane and how he sort of does stuff. I mean, in in Hostage Crisis, it was just sort of the smash and grab, right, right, uh, sort of thing that he did. Like he, I mean, that that wasn't so much his plan as it was um, uh, Sidious's. You could kind of tell that that or that there was like a there there was somebody else at work there that he was just being hired to pull this off and, and not so much to come up with the plan right. himself. Um, but with this one, Sidious just calls him up and says, you need to do this. And, uh, and then the rest is, is kind of up to him. I mean, he's gotten, 
the uh, the plans or whatever. But but other than that, it's kind of like he's given them a way in, but how they get from point A to point B is, is kind of up to them, yeah. and that's why he calls right. in. Yeah, he calls in Kato as uh, as this other bounty hunter, um, and she is she's a shapeshifter like uh, like Zam Wessel exactly. was in episode right. two. So so using her talents, they're gonna they're gonna Infiltrate, manage. Yeah, and then we get to see uh, Toto's three sixty, who's voiced by Seth Green. So he's another another um, yeah. big fan of the Star Wars universe. And yeah, Seth Green doing his best impersonation yeah, of C three PO without without a without, without the, the accent. accent. Exactly. Like, other than that, it sounds it sounds a lot. That's like exactly C3PO. what I was thinking. Is they they put like a C three C three PO spin on him, and he wasn't like overly yeah. silly or anything like that. So that was you know I was kind of glad to see that. Um, and uh, I don't know. I I think. Uh, like I said, it just wasn't overly silly. I, I was hoping that it wasn't going to be a goofy character, you know. They kind of pretty. Yeah, from from the way he looked, yeah, from the way he looked, he kind of he's got like this oversized right. head and these little limbs, and he looks very cartoony. Like he doesn't look like the kind of droid that we would see in the series or in the not in the series, in the in the movies, right? Like he's very different from the from the kind of droids that we see in the in the right. six films. So. Uh, which which oftentimes are either astromech droids or they have a very similar like human right. appearance. Uh, this one this one's a little bit a little bit more unique. Yep. But uh, but he definitely works in this in this. Uh, yeah, I like in this too. setting. So uh, Bane's hotel is now the final resting place for the late Jedi Knight Ord Innocence. Uh, yeah, that's I'm right. saying that right. Is that yeah? Innocence. Uh, Parasiti adopts the form of Innocence and will serve as Bane's inside man, entering the archives and monitoring Bane's progress. Back at the Jedi Temple, Anakin and Obi Wan are on alert and busy hypothesizing what intruders might be after. They theorize incorrectly that the East Tower Communication Center is the likeliest target, as it houses Jedi transmitter codes and crucial war information. This is really interesting to me. This is what I found to be like the most interesting part of the entire episode was that the entire time the Jedi, I don't know if it's out of arrogance or it's because the dark side is clouding the, their vision so much. They don't think for a second, even even later on, like we'll get into it, as they get closer to the holocrons, the they the Jedi don't think for a second like it must be a decoy that they're trying to make us think they're going after holocrons, but why would they want holocrons? There's no reason that these people would want that that whoever this is would want holocrons because only Jedi can access holocrons. Exactly. And then by the end of the episode, we find out everything about Bola Rapal and everything, but that still doesn't make any sense to me because of course the separatists are going to want holocrons. You know, uh, Dooku is is exactly. their leader, <laughs> even even outside of Sidious being their leader and being a Sith Lord. Dooku is a Sith Lord and was once a Jedi Knight. He once held the the yeah, title of Master, so so of course he knows how to access uh, a holocron. But we don't hear anything about Dooku at all in these in these two premiere episodes, which yeah, I that's found a good really. Point. Odd. I never even thought of that. But, but that is. But the the moment where they're kind of they don't know 
they think that it's going to be this the in the communication center i was like why don't they why don't they get it like why can't they tell like all they they can well, yoda can only tell that they're that they're going to have an intruder not not where they're going and and i thought that was really weird that they could get the the information as specific right. as as like someone's going to break into the temple but not what they or, were breaking right. in for hmm. so. yeah yeah Outside the temple, Bane and Toto use rocket boots to fly to an untended overhang amid the Jedi Temple's enormous architecture. Inside, Ord Innocence strolls into the temple. Parasiti takes a seat at a terminal within the archives and begins guiding Toto to a a weak spot in the defensive shield surrounding the temple access points. Obi-Wan and Anakin notice the glitch in the scanners, but detect no intruders from their respective vantage points. As they begin to speculate about the communications center, Obi-Wan runs a scan on the central ventilation shaft and detects a disruption by the south tower. Kenobi and Skywalker go to investigate while Yoda places the temple on high alert. Bane and Toto enter the cavernous ventilation systems. Parasiti guides them to the control boards that bypass the massive fans. One set, however, remains active and nearly sucks the intruders into its cutting blades before Cato deactivates it in the nick of time. Jocasta confronts Innocence with the word with word of the temple being on high alert. Innocence lashes out and knocks the librarian unconscious. Parasiti then adopts her visage with her shape-shifting skills. Bane and Toto arrive at the vent shaft above the vault, which is protected by a dense laser web. Cato remotely deactivates the laser webs. Obi-Wan and Anakin arrive at the top of the vent shaft to see where the infiltrators entered and try to follow their path. They rappel down the enormous tunnels following the network of shafts to the communication center. Anakin and Obi-Wan explore the side vents of the central vent shaft but find no sign of trespassers. Yoda speculates that they may be receiving assistance from inside the temple. Now, I think earlier we saw Yoda was able to sense that something was going on and that there was mm-hmm. danger coming. That was earlier, correct? Okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah, uh, outside the Jedi archives, Toto and Bane deactivate the last of the laser screens. Bane next has an odd request for Toto to cut through the wall, but not in the direction of the vault. Instead, the droid is to cut his way to to the communication center. In the library, Ahsoka receives a comlink transmission from Yoda, warning of an intruder possibly posing as a Jedi. She spies Jocasta making a suspicious transmission. Ahsoka confronts her, but Kato ignites Jocasta's lightsaber and attacks Ahsoka. Ahsoka uses the Force to send a chair tumbling into Kato's path, tripping up the changeling. So this is the first... um, uh, lightsaber battle we get to see, and it's uh, yeah. with Joe Castanu, who is actually Cato Parasiti. And at first, I was wondering when a shapeshifter um, changes into somebody. Do, you know, at first I thought, "Wow, is she getting all of um, Joe Casta's power as far as being a?" Because the way she was throwing that lightsaber around, I was like, "Hold on a minute." But then later, I found out that she was basically using it as a defensive thing, just like throwing wild, wild uh, swings 
at uh, Ahsoka. Yeah. But as far as the lightsaber fight goes, I thought it was, I thought it looked really good. Um, I like the way they made some of the shots, some of the camera angles, and uh, even though it was a defensive type or uh, not really a choreographed fight, it was basically Cato just swinging and Jocasta just or uh, Ahsoka doing a few blocks here and there. I thought it looked really good, and, and uh, again, I was happy that uh, the lightsaber battles are starting to get, you're able to actually see what's going on a little better, so that was nice to see that. Yeah. Yeah, it was a, it was a really good fight. I As soon as she ignited the lightsaber, uh, Jocasta, like, I, I was, well, Kato is Jocasta. Yeah, yeah I was kind of like, I was kind of like, huh, I wonder how this is going to go, and it, the first thing in my head was, she doesn't right. know how to use that. Like, like she's going to overreach or something like that. Cause I mean, if you've read any of the novels or read comic books or whatever, you know, anything about the EU, uh, when they go into how lightsabers work and how the combat works, the, one of the reasons why Jedi use lightsabers is because there's no way for any, anyone but Jedi to really use it properly combat okay. that because, because it takes, it takes that insight as a Jedi into the Force to be able to wield a weapon with no with no heft, with right. no weight, right? Like they, the only thing that weighs anything is uh, is the the hilt itself, and they're and they're relatively light compared to you know like a like a vibro sword or something right. like that. So, um, so whenever whenever someone other than it's like uh, I've always thought that that. Because I know Lucas wasn't thinking about it when this happens, but when Han takes Luke's lightsaber and cuts open the Tauntaun in Empire, he looks very awkward right, while yes. he does it. And and I've always thought that's really funny that that it ends up that way. And I guess that was more Urban Kirshner than uh, right. than it was George Lucas. But uh, it's it's very it's very funny and fitting because later on you find out that it's difficult for people who aren't used to using a lightsaber to pick one up and use it because it's it's just like uh, it would it would be like trying to take your your Wii remote control or any remote control any like stick right <laughs> like like your TV remote and trying to judge you know what to do with it and you could very easily overreach and lop your own legs off you know like it's it's when you have an actual sword you can kind of feel that weight and it becomes an extension of right. yourself but but with the with a with a weapon like a lightsaber that's very like hey it's ethereal and it's all energy and everything uh it, it would probably be very difficult so it's really cool that that kato it just just like hacks right she I'll doesn't hack. do anything fancy she just like hacks and 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 makes a couple of blocks, but Ahsoka's not trying to hurt her, right? Like she's not trying to to uh, to do anything other than wait for the opening, essentially, which is which is really cool to see because that's how that's how Jedi should be, right? I mean, we see a lot of Anakin, and he tends to head right. rush headlong straight into battles. But the rest of the Jedi, if you watch the Clone Wars or you watch anything else, there's very few uh, moments where where they just sort of run in and do stuff. There's a lot of defensive stuff. It's you know what they only run in and do stuff when it suits the plot. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I find. Otherwise, they act like Jedi. Well, (laughs) behind the scenes with Filoni on this particular instance was 
uh, he was saying that Parasiti is a bounty hunter. So she is skilled, obviously skilled if she's a fairly competent bounty hunter. So wielding the lightsaber, mm-hmm. obviously she's, she's not going to be like a Jedi, but she can, you know, turn it on and, and yeah. do some basic, uh, you know, strikes or whatever. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. As Anakin and Obi-Wan continue their search, Ahsoka communicates with her master. She's interrogated Kato and discovered that the intruder's objective is the holocron vault. Kenobi dismisses this as only a Jedi can activate a holocron. Meanwhile, at the vault gate, Bane requires Kato's assistance to cut through the last security gate. His comlink transmission is met with silence, however, since Kato's been caught. Shifting gears, Bane dispatches Toto into the communications center. As the droid departs, Cad produces a small device, the same kind of security chip he implanted in Toto earlier, and sticks it to the access panel. It counts down to zero and explodes. The blast shakes the access tunnel that Obi-Wan and Anakin currently occupy. The fall, they follow the tremors to the blast site and immediately see Toto's cut path to the communications center. As they pursue, Bane emerges from the shadows, having successfully misdirected the Jedi. He enters the holocron vault and grabs the appropriate cue. Now, I talked with you uh, earlier this week about this, and I can't figure out how he mm-hmm. knew exactly which cube to grab because there's looks like a lot of cubes in there. So yeah, yeah, there's 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 like hundreds of cubes because it's not like like these cubes. First of all, like for anybody who hasn't seen the episode yet, these cubes are like fist size. You would think like with a holocron that because they're so advanced and they hold so much knowledge that they might be a little bit bigger and that this might be a little bit more more like. Uh, like there wouldn't be as many of them. There aren't. Like there's there's tons of them, and they fit into these little slots along the walls, and uh, and there's just like from what we see, just as he enters the vault, there's there's a central column with four sides that has easily like twenty to thirty holocrons on each right. side of this wall, and then there's also walls like exterior or like like uh, surrounding walls for the room that are all filled with holocrons that have even more holocrons because the walls are bigger so there's just hundreds of these things easily and this is just one like this is just from what we see right. just this very right. quick glimpse into here so so the holocron vault might be like double or triple that size there might be three or four columns full of holocrons and walls surrounding those that are full of holocrons. It, it is kind of funny that he just grabs this one and, uh, and that's yeah. all it takes. And it didn't look like there know? was any, you know, markings on it on the outside. So yeah. maybe this is some, yeah, yeah they, they looked look identical. identical. So maybe I, you, you brought up, um, count Dooku. So maybe behind the scenes somehow Dooku, well, it doesn't show that he's involved, but somehow Cad Bane knew exactly which, cube to grab and maybe that was just something they didn't care to worry about as far as writing let that go it it may also be i mean we we discover in the next episode that it's not even the holocron so much that he's after as it is the uh, the kyber crystal yeah so we'll get to that so it might it might be a situation where where a holocron cube although having huge repositories of jedi knowledge it, they might also work the same way that something like your Game okay. Boy or your PSP or something works. Like it's a, it might be a device it's to activate yeah. other things, 
And it really doesn't matter which holocron he grabs. He just grabs the first one, right? Uh, because it's really more important Kyber. that he gets the Kyber crystal, which we'll learn more about right. in the next episode. So uh, meanwhile, in the Jedi Communications Center, Mace Windu, Ayla Secura, Kit Fisto, and Yoda turn to spot Toto suddenly emerging from an access hatch. Mace Windu detects a bomb within the droid and Force pushes it away. Anakin and Obi-Wan take cover in the vent shafts as Toto suddenly explodes. This was this was the kind of comedy moment that I really enjoy in something like Star Wars. It wasn't no. over the top. Uh, Toto Toto has a line, like like he's he kind of shows up and he's like, "Oh, I was just making <laughs> sure that this hatch is operational. Everything's fine. I'm just gonna go back." And then and then you hear the the bomb Ticking, countdown right? or whatever. Yeah, and Mace realizes and pushes him back and and toto just has this moment where he's kind of like oh crap you know and then he explodes so there's a really good moment and much better than the stuff that we got at the beginning of the first season where it was or even in the movie specifically where very heavy-handed comedy yeah i like that um bane meanwhile sneaks away hidden beneath the jedi robe Yoda and the other Jedi Masters examine the holocron vault and find a cube missing. As the Jedi attempt to puzzle their enemy's agenda, Kato offers up some information on Bane's next target, Bola Ropal. Now, real quick here, there's another issue I have with this episode is, being a bounty hunter, why in the heck did Kato give up information so easily? You know what I mean? I have okay. a theory on this. I was talking to a friend about okay. it. Okay, you want to wait and give me the theory so, after this next line? Okay. Sure. Okay. okay. Ropal is the keeper of the Kyber Crystal, a data repository of every known Force-sensitive child in the galaxy that can only be read within a Jedi holocron. Ahsoka and Anakin decide to go to Deveron to alert him, while Kenobi will see to Parasita's incarceration as well as look for Bane on Coruscant. So my my theory here is that uh, uh, Parasiti, she's as a, as a bounty hunter. I mean, everybody knows about the Jedi. This is the thing: like Jedi are well known across the galaxy, and their skills and all that sort of stuff. And and a lot of the time, their skills are even exaggerated further than what they are. So, if like you just have to think about it. I mean, you you can you can kind of relate yeah. that uh, if if a if you catch a criminal and uh, that criminal knows that there's really no point in in trying to deny anything because you have a magical device that will just get the truth anyways. Yeah. You it's know, called, like that because uh, that's it's called, the Jedi. Um, credit for time served. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, like, as the Jedi, like, they're just going to they're just going to force tricker like mind tricker into telling them what they need to know right um unless she's got a really really strong will and in in this instance i get the feeling that really she doesn't (laughs) and she knows that like she she's well aware of exactly what's going to happen and so she just says you know what they're looking for bola rapal that's what i heard and you know kind of hoping that that being jedi they'll they'll kind of take mercy on her if she just you know, cooperates with them. And, and there's really no point in not cooperating because they're going to find out anyways, one way or another, they're going to find out like, 
what's what's the point in trying to hide it? And if she's already gotten paid, or if she's caught, then she's not right. getting paid. So she's got no loyalty, right? So she's kind of whatever whatever suits her best. So that was, but I mean, yeah. I totally agree with you. She, she just, just gives, gives it up like, like that, you know? It's like. Yeah, like they don't even ask her. They're just like, they're just like, huh, we got to find out what, what Bane was doing. Like, what, why, why would he steal the, the holocron? And she's just like, yeah, well, he stole it because he's going to go get the kyber crystal yeah. from Bowler Paul. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, all right, then we got to go find him, <laughs> you know? And they, and that's it. And that's the episode. So I think it might have just been a point where like they just didn't Could have be, time. Yeah. Because I, I can't just, see like Bosk or anybody, any of those other um, bounty hunters like we saw in The Empire Strikes Back. I mean, you wouldn't see, I wouldn't think you'd see them giving up so easily. You know, it'd be like, I don't know, after, because I ain't going to tell you anything. You know, after, after watching um, the Robot Chicken Star Wars <laughs> yeah. episode two, I don't think Dengar is that <laughs> way. <laughs> I think, I think Dengar would be like, uh, yeah. yeah, if I tell you guys, will you let me go? <laughs> I, I wouldn't yeah. trust Dengar, but that's just me. <laughs> so that's the first uh, the first episode. Yeah, uh, the first half. Uh, uh, overall, I, I really enjoyed this episode. Uh, it didn't didn't quite yeah. blow me no, away, no. Um, but it, but it had some really cool moments. It had some good stuff in it that, that I really liked, like the the lightsaber right. battle and stuff. But, yeah, I think uh, I think you were saying that you even liked um, Hostage Crisis, maybe a little bit better than this one. Um, I don't know. I definitely like Trespass, Trespass better. Yeah. I mean, everything, everything in this series is always going to be measured Trespass against the benchmark that is Trespass because Trespass for me is exactly what Star Wars needs to be as a TV series. It, like, especially if if they were to continue with the one-off stories, they need to be based on a theme, and there has to be a lesson there to learn. And it has to be a lesson that can be uh, uh, simple right. enough for for the younger viewers but to get, too, but complex yeah. enough for us to discuss on a show yeah. like this, right? Because like that episode, Trespass, it, it does a great thing where where it's a very simple thing of of uh, sort of like because because essentially the the guy is is being racist, right? He's making prejudicial judgments based on like his superiority right. and uh and that's and that's the sort of thing that that by the end of the episode i mean he dies from it so what more what more do you need to see like if if they had been if they hadn't been so hasty he would have lived like like th- there weren't even really any separatists no. in that episode so like the enemy was themselves right. Right. Like, and, and, and that's something that kids will learn. They might not know that they're learning it, but they'll learn it. They'll see the lesson. But then for us, I mean, I've, I, I went on for quite a while in that episode because I enjoyed it so much. And then on top of it, it's got all the cool oh, visual elements of Star Wars. And then it's got the great characters from Star Wars doing what they do oh, yeah. best. Right. Definitely. So, so for, for this episode, we had some really good, moments with Cad Bane and I think that I think that the other characters might be suffering a little bit uh, so that we can get a little bit more of Cad Bane because that's what that's kind of what we want right. at the moment I mean I'm not gonna I'm not gonna complain that much because I'm really happy with Cad Bane I think he's a really great villain 
I think that he's definitely a lot more interesting than than having Sidious, Dooku, and Grievous just same do the thing, same right. thing every week. Because right? um, because it's not it's not military. It's not like the first season had a very military feel to it, which obviously it's the Clone Wars, so it should. But uh, other than other than the, a few episodes, it it really loses that sort of one to one. Character adventure that that we get from the Star Wars series, uh, particularly with the with the classic trilogy. I mean, those are individual characters' stories, uh, not not so much like they're on an epic scale right. and part of this epic scope of of the the war. But when it comes down to it, it's the individual story of Luke Skywalker and the individual story of Han Solo and Princess Leia, and and these sorts of things that, that make it a lot easier connect, to connect with. And, and, and we're getting that definitely with, with Cad Bane. I just don't know if I want to connect with him quite that much. I don't, want, I don't ever want to get to the point with him that I oh, am that, with yeah. Boba Fett. And I've, I've probably said this already because Boba Fett is way too sympathetic of a character at this point. Like, we've seen him as a little kid. And we know that he's going to grow up to be, you know, big Boba Fett, who we all love. And, and uh, he's a bounty hunter, so we kind of give him a free pass as, as sort of not a bad guy. Like, he's only a bad guy when he's hired to be a bad guy. Because, I mean, if you've read the, the New Jedi Order, he saves the day at exactly. the end of that series. He's the one who shows up with his new clone army. <laughs> yeah, well, I think I've already spoiled yeah. this one before but uh if you're if you're about 10 years too yeah. late on that one so uh but yeah or maybe not quite 10 but about five or six years too late so uh too bad yeah uh, <laughs> but yeah i mean he's so sympathetic at this point that like there's no more there's no more you know cool dude yeah. boba fett now it's just you know, Boba Fett's another character in Star Wars, and and he used to be this mysterious, awesome stranger that you about. didn't know exactly. anything about, other than the fact that he was yeah. totally awesome. <laughs> yeah, and and you didn't right. want to mess with him, right? Like, and but you didn't know why. You just knew right. not to. And the mystery was much more intriguing than finding out the story. And I'm really worried that that's what's going to happen with with Cad Bane over this season. Is that we're just gonna at some point, get a flashback to him as oh, a little no, kid. Oh, no, don't say that. In the Duro homeworld, and it's going to be like, oh, well, he was going to be a good guy, but then this terrible thing happened and his parents were killed or something, and that's why he became a bounty hunter. No, they won't If they want to do a little piece of background, I'd be all cool with him, with them showing that he had every opportunity in his life to be a good person, but He's decided to be opportunistic like he is just evil like like it's business to him and he doesn't care like that's just the way he is i i really hope that that's the way that it goes but i can just see them wanting to sell you know cad bane plushies to everybody so they'll they'll make them this (laughs) what are those what are those uh little stuff things called that are um oh my gosh which ones well it's you know they have um there's like Star, Star Wars, Wars ones, one? and they're like a little plush doll, and I can't think of the name. 
Oh my gosh, it's going to bug me the whole time now. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I know what you're talking about, though. I uh, I thought this this episode was really good. It kind of flowed right from last season to this season. Uh, of course, those were mm-hmm. both done as far as a season two production, if I'm correct. So um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's uh, good. I, um, Hostage Crisis was supposed to be originally the season one premiere. Right. premiere. Not, not or the season two premiere, not the season one finale. Um, and then at some point they they were gonna stick Hostage Crisis before the Ryloth trilogy because they thought that the Ryloth trilogy was a really great way to go out. But then they went, no, it connects season one and season two, so they moved it to the end. Because I remember for a while there we were uh, there was speculation that Hostage Crisis might have the commandos oh, okay, in it okay. because because that would be. A situation to see the clone commandos but uh but yeah i mean it, it does definitely you could sit down and you could watch season one and when season two comes out on dvd as well you'll you'd be able to just go right. straight through because hostage crisis and and uh holocron heist just go hand in hand and it's it's i hope that it's a hint you know, showing that, that this season is going to be a little bit different than season one, where it just carries through, where there's a storyline that just carries through the entire Oh, yeah, season. definitely. Yeah, I, I think when we start, uh, yeah. well, I'm going to comment on that um, right now, actually. Let's, let's get into Cargo of Doom, and then I'm going to read this sure. first passage, and I want to make a comment on that. So, uh, the beginning of Cargo of Doom... In orbit over Deveron, the Jedi cruiser Resolute tangles with a trio of Separatist frigates. A clone trooper desperately reports from the surface. The base on Deveron has been overrun, and General Bola Rapal has been captured, along with a Kyber memory crystal. So, you- so before, you, before you get into that, I just want everybody to know, if you haven't gone to StarWars.com and read the online comic, the online comic actually tells the story... Of what happens on oh, Deveron yes. before before Bola Ropal gets Good captured. Point. So if you want to see that, that's 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 just head over to StarWars.com. It's right on the front page somewhere where you can get into the comic, and uh, and you actually see that he has a Padawan and he has his own clone right. commander. And I think that the online comic is going to follow the two of them. Now that uh, I mean, we'll see. We'll we'll see Bola Ropal's. In this episode. In this episode, well, so. you, you just commented earlier on the uh, as far as season one, it was kind of chopped up and different things here and there. And I think with the start of Cargo of Doom, uh, it seems to me that they're going to go with this um, storyline a little while. Whether they do it mm-hmm. the whole season, I don't know. Yeah. But uh, for if anybody doesn't know, um, basically the Kyber crystal uh, holds the identities of all the Force-sensitive children in the galaxy. So, um, obviously, this information is is crucial for the Jedi Order. Um, you talk about the next generation of Jedi to be trained. Yeah. So, like I said, this um, looks like this storyline is going to go on for a while. Well, to, to be honest, this is the first time that I've seen in the Clone Wars that the... Something expanded universe, which is, I guess, it's not really expanded universe. We consider this right. canon, but something, something other than the movies, actually furthers the plot of the separatists 
of of Sidious being the one behind this, because other other than than this plot to get the Kyber crystal, I don't really I can't really think of any of anything else that that actually helps uh, the the separatists further the goals of Sidious because Sidious, as we know, is, is Palpatine, right? Like they're, they're the same person. So Palpatine is trying to win this war without defeating his own, like he's playing both sides against each other and technically he's on both sides, but really in the end, he wants the Republic to win and he wants those clone troopers to survive and to be to 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 come out on top because he wants those clone troopers to to take care of right. the Jedi. Like that's that's why the clone troopers were created. It wasn't to to fight this war. It was to exterminate Jedi. Like that's the whole reason why he needs an army. And and we see how it works with Order exactly. 66. So um all all of the all the storylines from season 1 where you've got the separatists just wiping out and winning in some instances, like in the malevolence crisis, those don't further Palpatine's goal. I mean, they further the war, but if like he had to keep it at this stalemate and I don't really see that. I don't, I don't see him helping both sides to reach the point where neither one can win. And until that point where, where Anakin is right where he needs him. And then that's when he decides to move forward and reveal himself to Anakin. So like the, the war should really be a total stalemate all the way through with not with the victories, even like not with these small victories for either side, but with situations where you have just this ongoing battle that, that makes people think that, that the way that the Republic is running things is wrong because of the Republic were more effective. They could end the war. And, and all that sort of stuff, as well as, like, not wiping out either side because he needs either side to continue this struggle, right? Because if he, if he gives the Republic too much information, they'll just take oh, yeah. out the Separatists and then the war is over and then that doesn't suit his goal. And, but, and then, likewise, if the Separatists win, that's even farther from his goal because the Separatists don't want to reformat the Republic. They want to disband the Republic. So it there it's very, very different ideals and and he has to to keep those those at a stalemate. But but like getting back to the Kyber crystal, this is the first time that I've seen that this is something that furthers Sidious's plot to destroy the Jedi. Which which you have to remember, that's what all of this is about. It's not about taking over the galaxy so much as it is vengeance. I mean, Darth Maul says it in episode one that at last we will have our revenge. And if you if you play the Knights of the Old Republic games or you've read any of the Tales of the Jedi or or currently the Old Republic series, you find out that there have been wars on top of wars between the Sith and the Jedi. And the Jedi always come out on top, almost always. I mean, the Sith went a couple of times, but it's been this back and forth thing where they've been taking over and, you know, one has it and then the other has it sort of thing. And taking the Kyber crystal gives Sidious the ability to stop the Jedi from being able to recruit. First of all, they need the crystal because it's probably got some 
special ability other than just having the identities it probably has the ability to sort of like divine where the where these jedi are coming from otherwise it's a yeah, needle in yeah. a haystack right the more sensitive children are not common it's a it's unless they're bred from other force sensitive people it it doesn't really right. happen right like if if they're just like these random kids popping up with force sensitive abilities you need some way to find them and that's what the kyber crystal is so it it does two things for sidious it stops the jedi from being able to find them and it also gives him the ability to find them so that he either can kill them or he can turn them and well, I, the, the, there's the whole rule of two thing, right? And we kind of have yeah. to keep with that in order for. Of course, for he does. He does have his eye on Anakin, though, from from the get go. So yeah, probably more like yeah. you said, just just to get rid of him. Yeah. So I mean, I really like this. Oh yeah. Plot line of the Kyber and and the way that this is going because this to me is really the first part of the Clone Wars that hasn't just been a really cool battle on a planet where they've got some new super weapon that has to be stopped. This is, this is an this actual is plot to destroy yeah. the Jedi. So this, this, yeah, I read that in else. the, uh, I have the encyclopedias and I looked up Cad Bane cause he was a, a new entry in there and it mentioned this particular plot line. And I thought, wow, if they get this into the Clone Wars series or the live action series, either one, it was going to turn out to be a really good yeah. story. So hopefully yeah i mean the the next episode even when we get to the episode description it it talks about like it doesn't talk but the next episode is about what they're going to do with the kyber crystal so yeah it's it's i think this is this is really really mature territory because it's uh it's going to be a lot like that moment in revenge of the sith where anakin walks into the room with all the younglings and yeah (laughs) <laughs> they ask him for help Absolutely and not. he ignites his no. lightsaber you know which is for me other than the moment when he turns not when he turns but when obi-wan defeats him is one of the most emotional oh, moments in the prequels definitely. so i've got to imagine that we're going to get a little yeah. taste of that yeah. coming up okay yeah. um within the prison hold of one of the frigates an inert bola Rapal is thrown into a restraining force field by super battle droids Cad Bane commands the frigate to prep for hyperspace while he goes to visit the Jedi prisoner to ask for a small favor. As the frigate leaves the battle zone, Anakin surmises that it might must be carrying Bola aboard. He orders Admiral Yularen to ready the troops for boarding. The Resolute's concentrated barrages destroy the frigate's hyperdrive engines, essentially trapping it in the Deveron system. Anakin orders Yularen to prepare the ATTE walkers for action. They're not boarding craft, but they are pressure-sealed and have magnetic feet. Meanwhile, poor Bola Rapal is subjected to painful electric charges as his interrogation is supervised by the callous Bane. Bane orders Rapal to open the holocron so he can get the secrets contained within, secrets that can only be coaxed from within the ancient memory device by a Jedi Knight. Bowler refuses, so Bane intensifies his torture, killing Rapal. He'll need another Jedi to open the holocron. Now, I thought this was kind of interesting that um, here's the torture that we heard about, and it's not done yeah. off camera. <laughs> this torture is done right in front no. of you, and we haven't seen that, that, to my knowledge. I mean, we've seen torture in 
the original trilogy, but it was mostly off off camera. You just had it was implied. It was implied. Yeah, yeah. We we get that that Han being lowered. I mean, the only on on camera torture that I think we ever see is that poor Gonk and the <laughs> nice. protocol droid being getting his feet burned. Uh, the Gonk getting his feet burned. Yeah. Which if you if anybody's picked up the the level pack for the Force Unleashed or um or gotten the Ultimate Sith Edition, when you go to to Jabba's palace, you actually get to do that. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you you go through the palace and there's the the droid torture room and you've got the gonks sitting he's upside down and then there's the 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 hot irons above him and you can use the force to pull them down onto his feet and you can also use the force to lift the thing to separate the and uh pull apart the protocol the protocol <laughs> okay. yeah um bane you know hey he's he doesn't even care that he's gonna kill this guy um he says hey we'll get another one you know we got another one coming. Yeah, it doesn't it it doesn't even phase him. He's kind of like, huh. So I think this is an instance where where Bane's kind of killing two birds with one stone. To you know, like, sorry about the pun, <laughs> but um, but like, it, not only is he trying to get this information, but he's also obviously testing just how far Jedi can be pushed. Can yeah. be pushed. And uh, and he said he says as he walks out of the room, he uh, he just like callously. Uh, follows the brim of his hat with his finger and goes, well, I'm going to have to try something right. different next time. And it's uh, it's the sort of thing where, it, like, I don't... It, he didn't plan on killing uh, Bolo Rapal the oh, entire no. time, but he did. He also didn't care. Yeah, if he, went, if he went. kills Rapal, it doesn't matter because if, if he can catch one Jedi, he can catch a dozen. It doesn't make a difference. Yeah, he's already caught two. Like, life, life is totally inconsequential. Uh, like, and, and to see... To see a character that that disregards life to that degree, and to also be such a formidable formidable opponent, because the droids don't care no. about life, they just do what they're told, right? Like they'll they'll shoot and then ask questions later if they even are programmed to ask questions. But but with Bane, the the guy has the ability to kill just about anybody he wants to, and he doesn't have the the conscience to stop him so that makes him a really really dangerous oh, definitely. enemy yeah he just um the droid even the droid says hey he's not gonna be able to take much more of this and hey turn it up yeah <laughs> what does he say like shut up are you uh are you a medical droid no okay shut up <laughs> do, do what i tell you yeah you know? yeah so um here we go with the torture and uh and we find out that that cat is is he is a bad dude so um uh, yeah. Um, from the Republic destroyer's uh, belly emerged three ATT walkers, free falling through vacuum to land on the stern hull of the Separatist ship. Wearing spacesuits, Anakin and Ahsoka used the Force to leap through the void, cutting their way past the enemy. R2D2 joins the Jedi and plug, plugs into an airlock control, opening a hatch leading, leading into the frigate. Now, the only thing I wanted to say on this was the force leap. Um, I know that the Jedi can do a force leap. I mean, we've seen um, sort of a force leap mm-hmm. from uh, Obi-Wan in Episode 1 when he pulls himself up. Um, but the one that they did here, um, that seemed like it was a long way. You know what I mean? Are you talking about when they're outside yeah, the Yeah, and it seems like they jump almost across the whole ship. Well, of course they're, they're in space, they're so, so yeah. 
So. I didn't. I didn't even think of that, but because I mean, later on we see we see them in in the zero G environment inside the inside the ship, in the in the big battle at the end. So you see them, sort of. Do you see that the Jedi are trained? Uh, yeah, right, right. Or like that they they know what they're doing in zero in zero G. Whereas, I mean, even the clone troopers are trained for it. So it's exactly, yeah. <laughs> it's Star Wars, right? Yeah. Like. <laughs> This this is commonplace for us. It's like, you know, a, a, a very select percentage, like like one percent, probably even less than one percent of the people on Earth. It's it, I mean, I guarantee it's less than one percent. I was actually actually thinking it. It was more. Yeah. It was. I thought they were going more a little cartoony there, but I didn't even think about being <laughs> zero gravity. So I guess that's, I guess yeah. that's that's cool. Then I'm I'm good with that. Then. Yeah. I really, I really liked this because it's, uh, it's one of those moments of Jedi ingenuity, yeah. where they decide, where Anakin decides, as as bold and brash as he is, he's like, well, the ATTs are pressurized and they have magnetic feet, like like they're perfect for this, even though that's not what they're designed for. Because Yularen objects and he's like, they're designed for terrain, right. not for right. not right. for space. Uh, and, uh, and, but Ahsoka is like right there with him. She, she's like, that's a genius idea. And I think that's, that's something that you only get with the Jedi leading the right. the army. Right. If it was, if it was clone troopers and humans, they By the just be doing things very straightforward. Yeah. yeah. But it takes the Jedi to, uh, to come out with these, uh, ridiculous <laughs> right, scenarios. Right. Uh, back on the bridge, an outraged Newt Gunray appears via hologram, chastising Bane for losing four Separatist cruisers that Gunray reluctantly loaned to the bounty hunter at Darth Sidious' request. Bane knows the holocron and it is, its enclosed data is worth a fortune to Darth Sidious. Bane plans to lure the Jedi aboard and get one of them to open the holocron. Bane barks out orders on the bridge. He transfers all basic controls of the ship to his wrist comm. He leaves the battle droid crew to defend the bridge while he disappears into a ventilation duct. The bridge blast doors fly apart, and Anakin, Ahsoka Rex, and more clones storm in. Anakin orders R2 to plug into the bridge computer systems. The droid immediately finds a fragment of Bane's holographic conversation with Gunray and the Jedi learn that Bane possesses both the Holocron and the Kyber Crystal. Aboard the Resolute, Admiral Yularen witnesses an explosion in the frigate's aft section. He advises Anakin, but Skywalker is determined to stay aboard and find Master Ropal. Uh, Ahsoka and Anakin find Bola's body abandoned in a prison cell in the detention hall. Bane has fled to the gunnery deck, where he tends to divide and defeat the Jedi while the droids keep the clones busy. The Jedi and clones march through the darkness before spotting Bane running through the corridors. They give pursuit, and Bane leads them back to the gunnery deck, where his droids stand ready. A gunfight erupts. Now, I just wanted to um, make mention of uh, first of the two callbacks or, or homages or, or homages or whatever you want to call them to the Star Wars universe. Now, did you notice where Rex mm-hmm. hits his head as he comes through there in the dark? <laughs> okay. Yes. It was it was actually like one of my one of my top five oh, moments okay. from from this season premiere because I just love I, what the only thing that would have made it better is if he would have 
as he did it, like grumbled to himself, you can't see yeah. a thing in these helmets. <laughs> that would have been a callback too. Because Luke says yeah. that, right? That I think that would that would have made it perfect. And it but it's also the callback to uh to the stormtrooper that hits right, his head. And then Jang and then they they emulate that moment from a new hope, which is just a mistake. It was just the guy who was right, too tall right. and couldn't make it underneath the uh the overhang in the on the Death Star in the in the communication right. room or whatever. Um, and then Dude, in episode two, yeah. they emulate it with Django who hits his head as he's jumping up into yeah. Slave One. As so they they're obviously off, running with this little I, theme here, which is kind of cool. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, it's it's one of those things. It's like it's a genetic trait that right, they all right. share. That uh, that all that the was really cool. have. So it's I. I I thought it was pretty funny, but what's what's the second one? I don't um, it's a little bit uh, later on, um, as we get down. It's two, uh, three more down. I'll, we'll get to. It. Oh, yeah. you've got another. One? Okay, okay. Um, Bane right. uses his wrist gauntlet controls to deactivate the artificial gravity. Troopers activate the magnetic grip soles on their boots, fastening themselves to the walls and ceilings while blasting away at the similarly magnetized droids. R2-D2 rockets to a control panel in an effort to reactivate the gravity generators. Anakin cuts his way toward Bane and delivers a stunning kick to the hunter's face. As Bane spirals away in zero gravity, the holocron falls from his jacket. Anakin is centimeters away from snatching it when R2 reactivates the gravity. Everything comes crashing down and Bane retrieves the holocron, while Anakin is distracted saving a falling clone. Ahsoka chases after the fleeing Bane. Uh... This was this was the the fight scene that we were talking about the right, right. fight scene and this this has to be other than a couple of the really good character moments with Cad Bane in the first episode like the one that we talked about on yeah. last week's episode um, this is the best example of how far the oh, animation man. has come the the way that Anakin leaps forward and he. He cuts the weapons off of two super battle droids, does a like this sort of rotating flip, yeah, flip right. and then spins around and cuts them both right. at the waist. And it's just it's this really great moment that totally sells the zero oh, yeah, G big time. in a way that I've never seen in animation. Like it's one thing to do that with uh with live action or something like that. And like, in a, in something that's got a huge budget where, where they have the time to really think about it, but this is a weekly right. show, yeah. <laughs> right? Like they are, they're on a very strict time budget as to how long they can take to animate each of these things. And it shows just how far they've come that they can do something amazing like this, like this entire scene. Fantastic. It's, it's kind of cliche to say it, but it's, it's choreographed like a ballet. Like it's amazing. Oh yeah. What they do with the Jedi. And it shows like the, the clone troopers are trained for zero G environment. The, the Jedi are trained for it. And, and Anakin and Ahsoka just do these great things and they just kind of float through the air and, and it doesn't stop them for a second. Like it doesn't slow them down. If anything, they take advantage of the situation, and and it makes it that much easier for them. But I, uh, I mean, I know that that Bane has to get away with the holocron in the end. But I don't know why Anakin just didn't use the Force to pull it towards. That's him. true. It, yeah. It's one it's of those, one of those things, things yeah. where I think they kind of, 
they have to they have to neuter the Jedi every once in a while in order for the for the yeah. plot to work. Well, Bane out. thinks he's going to get the upper hand here, and then, like you said, he's the clones are trained for it. The Jedi certainly aren't going to have yeah. a problem. And I love the scene yeah. right after where he slices the two, um, the uh, two bigger droids. Um, he does yeah. kind of he kicks uh looks like he kicks Cad Bane in the face, and Bane does this like slow motion backflip. And the same, just like you're talking about, yeah, just yeah, this was perfect. You know, it almost looks slow motion. It's kind of it's kind of bullet, bullet time. That's what I was time. gonna say. Like it feels very like it feels very it feels like Matrix, the Matrix, yeah. but. But it's a it's an awesome Star Wars way of dealing with that of like of of allowing something cool and stylistic like that. But it's 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 sort of like like in universe without them having to go outside the style of a Star Wars movie or Star Wars right TV show or you know like it's 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 like we were talking about the old Republic trailer and it has that slow motion moment where I think you were saying it kind of takes you out of it because. We've never, never really that, seen yeah. something like that in Star Wars. It's really cool, but it doesn't follow that Star Wars right. trademark. But with this, it follows Star Wars to the T. But it gives us that great moment of a slow motion oh, kick great. to the face. As Bane sort of <laughs> flips over and Anakin Anakin does this like what do you call that? It's it's sort of like a flip kick, like you know, like yeah. soccer players do to kick the ball from like out a of bicycle the air. Kick. It's, yeah, 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 it's amazing. It was really, really cool. It's a great fight, and it's, yeah, I'm really glad that this was in in the yeah. season premiere because I'm sure that something like that's going to get everybody. Yeah, back it was definitely, uh, definitely a, a crowd pleaser. Um, Bane runs through the corridors using his wrist calm to lock the blast doors behind Ahsoka. He's now separated the Padawan from the Master. Now here's where we get to my second callback, and um, it's where. Uh, Anakin comes up to the blast door after it's shut. He jams his lightsaber in, a la um, Qui-Gon in Episode One. So that's where yeah. I was getting the second second callback there. Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, let's see. Bane reaches a seemingly dead end at the closed airlock. He fires a blast at Ahsoka that the young Padawan easily deflects. It appears she's won this round, but Bane suddenly grabs her foot and uses his gauntlet to radiate a debilitating stun charge through her body, knocking Ahsoka unconscious. I really, I really liked this moment because you get, you get a second where you're not sure exactly what's going to happen. Does, does Ahsoka get the upper hand? And right before it, when Ahsoka takes off and it's also another, I think it's another callback to episode two where because I, I think i'm pretty sure anakin even says oh that's right that was together. the other thing yeah i thought there was three yeah and 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 i saw it and and immediately i went and that's exactly why in episode three when they make it to dooku he says that's you, right. you know i obi-wan says this time we'll take him together and anakin goes i i couldn't yes. agree more or something like that. Lesson. and 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 we know we know he learned his lesson in that fight itself, but then we also see this great moment where he has to make a choice coming up whether or not he's going to save Ahsoka or the right. Holocron and and take out Bane. Like he's he's got a choice. He can do one or the other because he can easily take out Bane and the two super battle droids, but he chooses to Ahsoka. rescue yeah. Ahsoka. Um, 
and I think these are these are really really great moments to see the development of the character because I think that Anakin from Episode Two would have been a lot quicker to think that he could right. do it all. Get banged and, and save her, right, die, right. right? Yeah, like he would have been he would have been like whatever I can do everything I'm the chosen one and he would have just cut through the battle droids it killed bane but in doing so given bane the ability to kill ahsoka and not be able to save her so it, we see we see the character really grow in this moment and then we also see ahsoka's character learn a lesson because she for a moment thinks that she's won and they did such a great job of it the voice acting and right. her performance uh, visually and just the way that she does it and and specifically Bane's performance, and I don't mean the animating of Bane in that performance. I mean Bane, the character's performance in-universe. He acts like he's defeated right. for a second so that he can get, like, he knew exactly what he was doing. He was five oh, yeah. steps ahead of her. And it is not easy to be five steps ahead of a Jedi, Padawan no. or any other. Like, these are people that can sense what's coming. And he manages to... Out, out with them several times and this is probably the best example of it because he just goes down and she makes her cocky little comment but before she can finish he he grabs her and and uh and then well he uh he puts her in right. the airlock right so anakin sensing senses his padawan's danger through the force skywalker orders rex to get to the hangar and secure a transport while he tracks down ahsoka aboard the resolute Admiral Yularen advises Anakin to abandon his mission and flee the doomed ship. Skywalker refuses, and he has neither the holocron nor his Padawan. And I just wanted to comment on, it was a, Yularen had a funny little line where he says, uh, how did I get stuck with Skywalker? And uh, I thought it was yeah, pretty of good. All, of, of all, all the Jedi, Jedi, how did I get stuck yeah, with Skywalker? Yeah, so it, it kind of makes me think that these two have been on... Um, the ship together and have been serving together for a little while. And, and Yularen yeah. is just like, here we go again with Skywalker. You know, how did I get stuck with him? So I thought that was a kind of a cool little comedy moment that wasn't over the top. Like talking about earlier. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. That was very, it was the sort of thing that you generally expect to hear from. Right. Right. But, but coming from, coming from Yularen, it's even more effective because this is a, this is a, a very well composed officer. You know, like this guy, he's, he's an admiral. He's an yeah, admiral. And it's, it's not easy to be an admiral, especially in an army that large. So, like, the, he's he's upper crust, yeah. you know, and uh, and it's just this moment where he's just yeah. had enough. You know, he's been he's been with this this punk kid because you have to remember, Anakin's like my age. He's like in his mid twenties right. right now in, in this story. So. That's that's like someone who is a career officer in the Republic military, who he's he's easily in his fifties, um, and, and well maybe not quite maybe maybe like his mid forties maybe his mid to late forties, and uh, and he's obviously worked very hard to get where he is, and then this full of himself cocky brash Jedi gets suddenly promoted right. above him. And it's like, how do you deal with that? And he's been pretty good about it, I think, because all through season one, I think they have a pretty oh, good yeah, relationship definitely. between him, between the two of them. But at a certain point, I think I think Yularen's kind of had enough with the crazy schemes and with the 
the close calls because if it were up to Yularen, they'd pull back a lot sooner right. than than they ever do because he's always the first one to say, "Let's get out of here." It doesn't look good. We should we right. should retreat like a tactical retreats right. in our best interest. But Anakin is always always just like, "No, give me five more minutes." And in that five minutes, he always wins the battle, you know. But I can imagine that would get really, really tiresome. Yeah, no, that was great. A great, great scene right there. Um, Ahsoka is Bane's prisoner, shackled in self-tightening stun cuffs. Anakin cuts through a trio of droids before arriving at the airlock. Bane activates the shield doors, leaving Ahsoka on the spaceward side of the do- of the lock, while he and Anakin stand together in the vestibule. The bounty hunter dangles a finger over his wrist control. With a single flick, he can eject Ahsoka into space. Flanked by two super battle droids, Bane instead makes an offer. If Anakin can open the holocron, he'll let Ahsoka live. Skywalker puts down his, his lightsaber down and agrees to Bane's terms. Rex and his clones, meanwhile, have found a shuttle in the hangar bay. Aboard the Resolute, Yularen detects that the frigate's main reactor will implode at any moment. Rex orders troopers Denal and Koho to break off from the gunfight and find Anakin. Actually, this is something that, unless you're paying really close attention, you wouldn't have noticed. Denal is from uh, the second episode of Down, uh, Downfall of a Droid, and then what's the second um, one? The one with the one with Goldie. Is that the second uh, part of that? Oh, man, I'm drawing a blank now. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Uh, yeah, I can't remember the name of the episode, but... Um, or maybe... Am I am I even thinking of the right episode? I don't think I'm thinking of the right episode. Uh, there's a, there's an episode where they have to make... They make their, uh, their low-altitude or high-altitude jump from the twilight. Uh, Denal is the clone trooper that leads... That leads that attack or he might not even be the commander but he's one of them and he's the only one that makes it alive makes it out of that that episode alive right. the rest of them all die on the ship and you can tell that it's him other than i mean we're reading this from the starwars.com episode description so they put in the character names right. for you um, otherwise you but you can also you can also tell because he's got he's got these uh symmetrical Helmet. slashes down the sides of right. his helmet that have like the sort of jagged corner that come off of them uh and that's denal but uh yeah yeah uh we're gonna we'll talk about what happens to okay Denal, yeah. Denal sort of in the episode description because it's okay. kind of spoilery in the airlock bay anakin uses the force to levitate the holocron under his control the holocron changes shape opening to reveal an aperture that accepts bane's kyber memory crystal anakin uses the force to call both his lightsaber and ahsoka's to him the hunter activates his gauntlet and opens the airlock door. And I, I just like the way that they, um, how they have this kyber crystal and the holocron have to be used together and only a Jedi can open it with the force. Yeah. So that's, I thought yeah. that was really good. Really good storytelling right there. Um, I just want. Yeah. The only, the only issue is that Dooku could have right. but, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that's yeah. all I'm going to say. <laughs> that's all I got to say about that. Um, <laughs> Let's see. Ahsoka desperately clings to the airlock bulkhead as the air rushes out from her side of the shielded passageway. Anakin uses the force to toss a sliced super battle droid body into the shield controls, deactivating the barrier. 
Fame powers up his rocket boots and soars away from the vacuum as an emergency bulkhead seals. With great strain, Anakin pulls along the bulkhead and reaches the airlock controls, sealing the outside hatch. Bane makes contact with Gunray, reporting his success at opening the holocron. Gunray suggests that he transmit the holocron data, but Bane is far too cagey for that. He has his own plans for escape. He makes his way to the hangar and is stopped by Denal and Coho. So here's the, here we go with Denal and Coho again. But um, before that, um, again, we see how smart he is. Um, you know, I don't know why Gunray thought that Bane was just going to, oh, why don't you send it to me? You know, one of those things. Um, yeah. That ain't going to happen. Yeah. He's too smart for that. Well, it's, it's, a, it's a really great moment for for both characters because Gunray, as we know, Slime. is the slimiest character oh, yeah. in all of Star Wars. Like, he is he is hands down. I mean, at one point, you know, you would have thought that maybe it was, it was uh, I don't know, Watto, Lando, Jabba even, who's actually literally slimy. But Gunray is hands down the slimiest character in all of Star right. Wars history. Because this guy, at any point in time, will try and take advantage of the situation. And you can tell that he wants Bane to send him the information so that he can just take it and give it to Sidious and cut right. Bane out of the make deal. Himself, yeah. now, now, this is almost always to Gunray's own downfall. Because if he were to do that, what what do you think Bane's reaction would be? Oh, yeah. He'd hunt the guy down and he'd kill him. He'd be after him. <laughs> you know, he'd take, he'd take his payment out of his high. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, definitely. So it's probably better for him that, that Bane was right. two steps ahead right. of him. <laughs> and it was like, no, no, that's all right. I'll take it myself. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. It says, Anakin and Ahsoka race through the corridors toward the hangar. Skywalker is still determined to catch Bane, but Ahsoka tells him there is no time. Anakin sees that she is right, and the two run to the Separatist shuttle that Rex has captured. As the vessel begins to lift off, they spot Denal and Bane grappling in the upper deck. Denal blasts Bane, and the hunter's lifeless body falls to the floor. Denal reports that he did not get the holocron. In the gunnery bay, the ammunition reaches critical temperature, triggering an explosion that is mirrored in the reactor bay. The holocron appears to have been destroyed as is Bane. Um, I'll just read the last part here. Anakin, however, still senses Bane's presence in the Force. And I know you wanted to um, comment on the Denal issue. Yeah. Yeah, so the next episode uh, is called Children of the Force, and we'll, we'll give you the episode description in a second uh, after the mailbag and the forum post. But uh, I don't know how many people caught on to this, but obviously no. Bane's not dead. I mean... Anakin says it himself, so I don't think I'm being no, too spoil. spoilery. Uh, <laughs> but but the, and, and I mean, when it comes down to it, this is really just a theory. Uh, but it is a theory supported by something we've seen in some of the trailers. Because we have seen in the preview for Season 2, several months ago, actually. Uh, this may Actually, this was even this in this, the preview for Season 2 that we got at the end of Season 1. We saw Bane at one point in a clone trooper outfit, like in clone trooper armor. So obviously, it's 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 sad to say it because Danelle is the one who who makes it out of that previous episode that we were talking about alive. Uh, he didn't make it out of this one yeah, alive, I'm no. afraid, because he he is like he's obviously taken Danelle's costume, which 
I mean, if we're going to go, this is yet another throwback to Star Wars, to the original Star Wars, because the stealing of a clone trooper or stormtrooper's armor is, oh, yeah. is classic. classic. That is that is classic yeah. Star Wars. So, yeah, it's 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 so, pretty. Uh, I was wondering. I looked. I watched this scene a couple times, and you can um, see it looks like Bane's body. But I think I told you this earlier too. Is he probably just threw his hat on Denal, and uh, obviously he's in the yeah. he's in the clone trooper armor, so it makes it look like Bane's falling over. Um, so yeah. that's how he. So it. Yeah, I think I think I think he just put like his hat jacket, and jacket yeah. on right, Denal. Right. And, and tossed him. Yeah. So um, overall, this I thought this episode um, was a little stronger than the uh, the heist. Um, but we see we see the emergence of the storyline. We see the emergence of Bane and how smart he is. Um, yeah. And one thing I did notice about both episodes is, um, and I heard this on the uh, I heard actually D. Bradley Baker say this, and he's the voice of the clones he saw all these episodes and he says how much of a cinematic feel it has to it. And I, I have to see that too. Yeah. Some of the, uh, when you see the outside space, you see the explosions and the ships as they explode and it's not, uh, quick. It's, it's kind of got that slow space feel to it. Like they did in, in the other episodes. Yes. Man, it yeah. Good. Oh man. The, the moment, the moment when the, when they take out the hyperdrive oh, yeah. Yeah. on, on the separatist right. frigate, you, they did such a great job of animating that you get the sense of just how large of an explosion right. and how, and how big those pieces are. Because I mean, though the pieces of, of the hyperdrive engine are easily two, two or three stories tall. These are, we're talking about like massive components to this right. ship. And you really get that sense because just because of the way that they animate, I mean, the trick is to animate it from far away and to make it happen really slowly, which gives you like what they do when they, when they make fake waterfalls in movies and you get this from the episode one DVD, uh, right. DVD actually in the, in the special features they show to get all of the, all of the, um, the waterfalls on Naboo coming, coming out of the, the palace. They actually just build a miniature of it and salt, then they just yeah. pour salt. <laughs> yep. But what they do to make it look like water is they just slow it down. And then it gives it the effect of this giant rushing water from from a distance. And they do the same thing in this episode. I mean, if you watch, um, uh, this is a really bad example, but the first Superman movie, the uh, the Richard Donner, Christopher yeah. Reeve Superman, uh, <laughs> when, the, when the dam bursts. Oh, yeah. Uh, and and the water right. is rushing in. That... That is, uh, uh, it's I think it's a quarter scale miniature set that they just flooded, and uh, and they do a fairly good job. If they would have pulled back a little bit more, and if the the miniatures would have been just a little bit nicer, it would have looked really good. But you can tell that it's a miniature right. set. But they do the same sort of thing. So that's a you, you kind of watch those two things. You watch in an episode one, you watch the best of the best do it. And then watch the nineteen what is that seventy eight or seventy nine yeah. Superman yeah. movie, uh, and you can see you can see you can see it a little bit more clearly what I'm talking about because it's a little bit easier to spot. But yeah, they do the same sort of thing. But when you're doing that with animation, you have to kind of be five steps ahead of yourself, right? Because 
you're not just taking real world mechanics and then manipulating them as you know like as trick photography you're <laughs> you have to create the photography right. in the first place it's not it's not like you have the physical thing and then you just slow it down and add the explosion you have to create that you have to create the ship and you have to create the explosion and you have to create the pieces separating and you have to animate all of that and then you also have to have the presence of mind to know that not only is this the technique that they're going to use in film but as film goers as as people who watch lots of movies and people who because we're star yeah. wars fans well let's face it we're a bunch <laughs> of geeks and we watch a lot of sci-fi movies we've seen We've seen a lot of stuff explode in space. We know what we're looking right, at, right. right? Like, so to mimic that sort of filmmaking style does give it that cinematic yeah. feel, and Same. it's a very it's a very subversive way of doing that that we're not going to notice because we're not really thinking about it like that. But if you know anything about animation or about filmmaking, you start to put this together, and then you realize just how much work it is to to do these shows and i mean watch watch this episode specifically watch cargo of doom and then compare it to the movie compare it to the clone wars movie and you will see that this episode i think has a more cinematic feel to it than the movie movie because the movie felt a lot like watching a tv show on the big screen it had a couple of really good moments like the moment where where anakin is revealed above the uh, the Octopotara droids and him and his clone troopers jump down on them and they, they do their right. attack on them. That has a very cinematic feel to it. I think the Battle of Christophsis has a very cinematic feel to it, but a lot of the other parts in the movie don't, Sp- specifically the character moments, which I think they're getting a lot better, a lot oh, better yeah. at animating those character right. moments, and that's really giving it the cinematic feel because these animated characters are giving performances that to be perfectly honest, are trumping performances from the prequel movies. Right. Oh, yeah. You know, and then I, you know, they don't trump the performances of characters like Watto or Yoda or Jar Jar. As much as Jar Jar is annoying, his performance is really good. Right. Like the, the follow through on it. Um, I'm talking about live action yeah. characters oh, yeah. like Anakin and Padme, <laughs> who tend to be very, very wooden. Yeah. wooden. Even, even, and I mean, I'm a, I'm a huge Sam Jackson fan, but he is. No, I, I never thought his, his <laughs> is delivery good. or anything was any, was that great. Uh, but yeah, yeah. I think, I think that he's an actor that definitely benefits from a good yeah. director. And, and lots of cussing. George is not a good director. <laughs> and lots of cussing. He's like the, the <laughs> best cusser in all of uh, cinema. But uh, anyway, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, it was it was great. I was uh, more confident. It was uh, it seems like they raised their game to me, and it's and it was Star Warsy, yeah, and that's what yeah. we want to see. So um, yeah, start. Yeah, um, this what what this makes me excited for is first of all the rest of this season, and then second of all for those of you who haven't heard, it is confirmed that there's going to be another animated series that Lucasfilm Animation right. is doing. This is totally obvious because. I mean, when you want to make an animated series, you go to an animation studio and you get them to do it. But when you want to make a series of animated series, you make your own animation studio, which is what George Lucas did. So obviously, we're going to see a lot more 
from Lucasfilm Animation or Lucas Animation, right. whatever it's called. Um, and and this makes me really excited that if they do, which I mean, this is this is my hope. This is my my uh, wish that I'm putting out there into the into the universe. But I hope that they're doing a classic trilogy, like a, a series with the classic trilogy characters. Oh wow! Luke and Han. Yeah. And, and all that. I mean, if they did the New Jedi Order or something like that, and they took those stories and they did them as a CG animated yeah. series just like this, I, you know what? The Clone Wars wouldn't be my favorite <laughs> Star Wars TV series, yeah. I can tell you that. And then the live action series wouldn't even match up because if you give me Han and Luke. That's what everybody wants. In, their, in, a, yeah. in another series. Oh, my wants. God. That would just yeah. drive me nuts. That because you could match it up to the timeline, so that Mark Hamill could voice. just do yeah. his own yep. voice, and 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 the guy wouldn't be against it. Like he he is a voice actor. Now. Oh, yeah. That's what he does. Can you imagine what that would yeah. be like? Oh, I would just I and would start to pump everybody up on it. I you know what I hope that I do pump <laughs> yeah. everybody up no, that, that they great. go and they write letters to Lucasfilm and that they go they just if they're not doing that if that's not what the, their next series is they just stop production on whatever do that it. is and they Let's do, do it. it. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to yeah. Colin. Yeah. Um. So I guess we'll we'll get into the mailbag now. Huh? Ready? Yeah, yeah. I think that we've talked enough about these episodes. So, uh, so yeah, I gotta, I gotta assume the position. Here we go. Stance because uh, get, get into your form go. three stance. Okay, here we go. Um, this yeah. is from Kristoff. Uh, um, it says, "Ouch, that is all I remember from your rant about Darth Maul not being a Zambrak. Don't get me wrong. I usually enjoy your rants, even if I sometimes." Uh, I said to myself after the umpteenth repetition, all right, we get it. But you, you should get your facts straight. Since Star Wars, KOTOR 2, the Sith Lords, we know that Zabrak are scattered across the galaxy, making this or that planet their new home. But that their point of origin is Iridonia. That is why some people call Zabraks Iridonians, while others only call these those Zabrak uh, so that, uh, let's see, so they are still from Iridonia. I think it's a little typo there. Um, that's why Kriya calls Zabrak Iridonia. She makes it sound derogatory, and to her it probably is, but it is certainly no insult to Baudur. Still, as far as the species is concerned, Iridonians and Zabrak are one and the same. Even Wikipedia has it right. Both Ethkoth and Aegon Kohler are both listed as Zabrak. If you type up Zabrak, you'll find it mentioned, quote, sometimes referred to as Eridonians, end quote. Their head ornaments are simply different within their species, the same as Asians and Caucasians have different facial features. My own rant aside, I have to say that I enjoyed the entire first season of your podcast, and I'm looking forward to the second. Greetings to Matt, and keep up the good work. It says, greetings from Germany, Christoph. Wow, that's a lot of information in there, and I'll have to let you handle that since you are the expert. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, so first, I'm gonna say I didn't play Knights of the Old Republic. Too. I, I didn't either. Um, I still still haven't managed to play it. So, so these characters of uh, what's her name, uh, Kriya and Bowder, are they're totally new information to me. Second of all, 
I don't I like I'm not debating what it says in the databank and on Wikipedia now. I'm saying that it's been yeah. retconned. Like that's what I'm saying. It's this is this is an issue of of what what exactly the state of the current EU right. is. And that's a state where you can say whatever you want and then somebody else will just come along and clean it up. I guarantee you that this point was put in Knights of the Old Republic in order to make up for the discrepancy. Like, th that's what retconning is. Retconning isn't just somebody making a statement, you know, like putting out a press release and saying, oh, by the way, Zabrax and Iridonians are the same thing. It's, it's Lucasfilm or someone at Lucasfilm or someone hired by Lucasfilm saying, we've got these two different things. The, the holocron says that there are two different things, but it okay. overlaps. Do you want me to deal with this discrepancy? Or Lucasfilm saying, can you work this in and deal with this discrepancy? Where, where this bothers me, and if I did have to argue that Darth Maul is not a Zabrak and that Iridonian should not be considered Zabrak and Darth Maul should not be considered a Zabrak, comes right down to... The, the the ornamentation, like the, yeah. the horns, the, the way that their horns are set up. Because if you look, and I know that this is like from, from the point of an artist, and I'm not trying to say anything derogatory, because I really like Tom Hodges, and, and, his, and he's an amazing talent, and I love the comics that he's doing. But if you look, he's got the, the new Padawan, Padawan that he's just created, that they've created for right. this webcomic, is a Zabrak. His Zabrak head ornamentation, the, the horns, are identical to all of the other Zabraks. Right. That's what I've been saying. Like, Egg Kolar, Egan Kolar, yeah. uh, Maris Brood, all of these characters, and I'm sure Kreia and right. Baudur are, are the same. They've all got the same head ornamentation. It's, it's two really large uh, horns sort of not on the temple, just like right. above the temple, like, you know, where, where sort of like the top of your brow at, at the beginning right. of your hairline. They have two big horns there, and then they have several small horns above that, and then two small horns right. on the temples. Now, and, and, and then on top of that, they're rounded horns. They're not pointed. And Darth Maul has a crown of horns of all the same size that go right around his head, and then he's got two more horns on his temples. And then he's got a set of, I think, about four horns, maybe two or four horns on on the crown of his head, like right, right. on the top of his head. I'm doing a bunch of hand <laughs> motions. I'm sitting here hands on your head. doing yeah. hand motions. And, and I think it's for my own benefit so that I can keep this all straight. But it's uh, you guys obviously can't see this, and I feel like an <laughs> idiot right now. But... And plus, we're arguing about one of the stupidest things in the universe because this is all fake. It doesn't really make a difference. Well, you know, but, real quick, but, you just said, you know, we both thought years ago that it was unknown. Yeah. So, like you said, the yeah. retcon issue, um, and that's all it really is. Yeah, and it's just, you know, because uh, I've gotten flack before on the show for not knowing my Star Wars knowledge and it's like how how am i supposed yeah. to keep up with it because they put out something like like the essential chronology several years ago i mean they put that out 
back when I was I was living in another city, like over, almost ten years ago now. And uh, and I remember when my friend got it, and it was a really cool book. And I was like, oh, this book's totally awesome. And uh, and then they put out a new essential chronology after episode three, or just before episode three came out, in order to accommodate episode three, which totally changed a whole right. bunch of history. I mean, it it negated stuff. Episode two negated stuff. It came in and it said Boba Fett's entire history is right. wrong. Everything that we know about Boba Fett with Concord Dawn and that he's the journeyman protector, Jasper Jester Muriel, all that stuff was false. And it's not that it was false. There were really good stories. There were stories in the Tales of the Bounty Hunters and Tales uh, from Jabba's Palace, as well as a couple of comic books that really developed Boba Fett's history much better than episode two. And I don't mean that they, that they went into more depth. I mean that they were better yeah, stories right. than yeah. episode two. Him turning out to be a clone is not nearly as interesting as, as the story of uh, yeah, Jaster yeah, Muriel. And, and actually how Jaster Muriel connects to Han Solo and how the two of them, where that rivalry comes from and why the two of them are at odds, even though they don't know each other's history, histories, like they don't know that they're connected in that way, but they are. And, and they, they ruined all of that. And that's what I have, a, have a problem with is that, and I mean, like it's been Mandalorians almost all of the time that have gotten screwed up. And I think that that stems from Django Fett and the clones because the second that you involve them, you write this history that negates everything else that's ever been written. So then you get Karen Travis trying to fix that and accommodate those stories of Jaster Muriel and Concord Dawn and the Mandalorians from uh, Knights of right. the Old Republic and accommodating them and fitting them into the, the storyline as it stands and then also connecting that to Boba Fett and where the Mandalorians are in the classic trilogy and beyond. And you get someone doing all of that work and then no sooner is she essentially complete with that and just trying to finish the story of her characters that she created that you get George Lucas and Dave Filoni with the series with Clone Wars just negating right. all of that again. Like, like her, she came in, like, it, the, the problem is that she retconned stuff, and now the stuff that she retconned is being retconned. <laughs> it's a double retcon. Like, yeah, yeah it, it's getting to the point where it's just, what is the point of continuity if every six months to a year yeah. it's going to change? It doesn't make any difference. Order, or not Order 66. Well, Order 66, I think, came out just a little bit over a year ago. And then Imperial Commandos came out less than a year ago at this point. And it, within less than a year of that book coming out, they totally negate her storyline and stop her from finishing that series. And I think I think that that's a real disservice to the people who are writing these stories. And I think that it's a real disservice to the fans who try and keep up with this stuff. And we buy stuff like the Encyclopedia and the Essential Chronology so that we can try and keep this stuff straight. So, like, to my credit, I, I'm reading the Essential Chronology. And according to the Essential Chronology, things are a certain way. And I'm sure that according to the to the Species Guide or whatever, 
the the guide to essential species and yada 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 that Iridonians and Zabrak are a certain way. But unless I've read all of those books and played all of those video games, you know, like how yeah. am I ever going to keep everything keep straight? So, I mean, you guys can feel however you want to feel about me getting stuff wrong, or I'm sure Matt's going to get stuff wrong as well, because it's inevitable. It's such a large universe with all of these characters and all of these books. We haven't read everything. Even you put the two of us together, we haven't read everything. Oh, I know. No. You know, like there's, it's impossible. There's just too much content between books and comics and video games and short stories and Star Wars Insider and, you know, like web comics. And I mean, right now there's two web comics running and I'm not yeah, reading I'm both of them. I'm reading the, the yeah. Clone Wars one. I'm not reading the Old one Republic. for the Old Republic. I, I, I read the first couple issues. But they, they update it too sporadically. Right. So, you know, and then, I, I mean, I'm only reading one comic series. I'm only reading Legacy. And and then on top of that, I'm reading Star Wars. I thought you were reading Clone Wars. Which Star Wars. Not Legacy, uh, oh, yeah, I'm reading, I'm reading Legacy. Wars, so. okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, sorry, not Legacy, Invasion. Invasion, Invasion is, is the one that I'm reading with the classic yeah. trilogy characters. Um, but, yeah, I mean, see, I can't even <laughs> keep it straight. I can't even keep it straight yeah. what I read. You know, how am I supposed to keep it straight with the information that's encased in all of these tomes? Yeah. You know, you could fill a library with Star Wars. Well, books. I think, yeah. Oh, like it, it, it's unbelievable how much content there is. And I don't know. I wish that people could just keep this stuff straight. And I know that they're trying now with the Holocron. But even with that, it, I think that that makes it less forgiving. That, that that they do something like they've done with the Mandalorians with season two right. of the Clone Wars because at this point uh, you know ten years ago that didn't exist and twenty years ago it definitely didn't exist and back in the seventies and the eighties when the Marvel comic series was coming out nobody was even monitoring that stuff it was just yeah. happening and those stories were what those stories were and they're fine and I think that you just have to. You just have to take it the way it is. And and I don't think that I will ever state that something is steadfastly a certain <laughs> way and, yeah. and ever again, because it's as obvious. I mean, this is the, the third or fourth episode that I've that I've now talked about this. Right. How many episodes third, have we done? Yeah, this is the third. third episode we've done. Yeah. So this is the third episode that we've talked about this. It's uh, I think I'm going to put it to rest now and that's it. So so stop emailing <laughs> me about it. Well. If you guys want to talk about it, go to the forums and we can yeah. discuss it on oh, the forums. I'll chatter there. Um, yeah, email me about something <laughs> else that I was. Okay. Well, the bottom line is email. Oh, yeah, Matt. You can, yeah. Call Matt. No, I think the bottom line is that obviously um, we're not experts, and I uh, I don't claim to know everything, and and neither do you. So, like you said, we're going to get things wrong. Um, yeah. So. With that, um, we're gonna go. But all, all the same, all the same. Thank oh, yeah. you for writing in because I, I appreciate it. Whatever your thoughts are, write emails. <laughs> I don't care. Like if you guys really want to write me more emails about the Zabrak thing, that's fine. I'm just not gonna talk about it on the show anymore. But like, I really appreciate that you guys care enough about what I say on the show to correct me or to say that you have a different viewpoint. And sometimes. 
you guys correct me and you're totally right. Like now I know that that's what it says in the data bank and on Wikipedia. I don't have to agree with it, but that's what it says. So now I know. So I I appreciate it. No one's half the battle. (laughs) That's right. G.I. Joe. Uh, (laughs) Let's go to the forum post of the week. Uh, Okay. But one second, can you imagine if, if, at the end of every yeah. episode had a yeah. PSA. How great would that be if it was like Ahsoka's like, you know, trying to make toast and she like goes to stick her fork in the toaster and Anakin shows up and he's like, he's like, whoa, Ahsoka, stop. You can't do that. When you have a problem with an electrical device, you need to unplug it first. <laughs> and, you know, and no one is half the battle. battle. Star Wars, Clone Wars. <laughs> nice. You know, Break out the singing. I think that'd be pretty Got the jingle. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We actually got a post um, by Jedi Madden, and it was just posted today, and I thought it was kind of funny. Um, It has a funny little line in here, but uh, he says, um, I don't know how to really explain this well, but in the Star Wars universe, there are no robots. There are droids, which are robotic, semi-sentient constructs with a personality. 3PO, R2-D2, Episode 2, Anakin, and the like. Uh, anyway, it seems that we are um, to feel for the plight of the droids like 3PO and R2. In fact, Anakin risks everything to save the life of his droid. However, the same compassion or emotional uh, seems not to be felt towards the pitiful battle droids. Not only are they slaughtered, but they beg for mercy, they plead for their existence, and make uh, dark humor jokes about their lot in life. Despite all this, um, our heroes decapitate, split into blast, and detonate these incompetent droids with extreme prejudice. Is this supposed to be funny? Who is the t- uh, humor targeting? Obviously not adults, because I've never seen, uh, I never seem to laugh. I just shake my head in disdain. Uh, if it is designed to make children laugh, what are they there to walk away from after seeing this? Uh, please don't give uh, me the stuff that kids aren't as impressionable as I uh, may think corporate nonsense. Um, it says, what do you guys think? Uh, and then he goes on to say, anyway, I'm loving the show and will be happy if they keep this thing running for six years, as long as they keep it full of fresh ideas and good stories um, as they have been in the most or uh, more recent episodes. And here you go. Um, Jedi Madden. Um, <laughs> Sometimes we must let go of our pride and do what is requested of us. What, Madden, you think that is uh, wooden acting? No, not at all. Anyways, on to the, uh, <laughs> onto the um, battle droids. I don't, I don't know. You know, we started off in yeah. episode one, and they were supposed to be sort of the um, comic relief. And, uh, you know, I never, like you, I never really thought uh, some of the stuff they do is that funny. Obviously, they're targeting the, the real young kids. But they kind of got away with that, obviously, in this first two, these two, first two episodes. Um, not really any battle droid humor. I mean, there was, a, I think, a couple <clears throat> instances, but it wasn't way over the top, you know. Yeah, I think, I think not, not to sound too negative on this subject, but... Um, I don't think that this is a decision that, that anybody's really consciously made. I think the, the battle droids are supposed to have a um, personality, definitely, and they all have like a shared personality. 
uh, as opposed to protocol droids, which seem to, and astromech droids, which generally have like a, they have their own individual personalities, especially when you don't wipe their minds like three PO and R two. But, but I think that a lot of what's been going on with the battle droids, whether they've been too silly, um, or in this case, like specifically with with uh, Cargo of Doom, I think they're a, li- a little bit too maudlin, like it's a little bit too melodramatic. Yeah. Um, I don't think, I, like they're written that way to a certain degree, but I, I really feel like it's, it's Matthew Wood who's taking it that extra step further with his performance. I don't know if that's at Dave Filoni's direction that he does it that way, or if it's just a lack of acting experience because obviously no, Matthew Wood's not an actor. Guy. Um, I think I think he does a really Grievous, great job yeah. with Grievous, and I have no problem with his performance as Grievous. And and there are actors out there and performers who do one character and they do that one character incredibly well. And I feel like he does Grievous incredibly well because Grievous is that overbearing, almost comic. And I don't mean comic in a funny way, but like comic in a pulp, like uh, Dracula, Wolfman kind of mo- movie monster way uh, uh, of being an overdramatic character. Um, and I think I think it works really well for Grievous. And I think that he, the way he he portrays that character is perfect. And I wouldn't change a thing about that. I think that when it translates over to the battle droids because they're supposed to have this shared personality of uh, it's almost, it's almost like that, that self-deprecating Jewish humor, which I can say <laughs> okay. because I am Jewish. So, yeah. Um, but it's that Jerry Seinfeld, uh, yeah. George Costanza. Uh, and if you watch Curb Your Enthusiasm, which if you don't, uh, if any adults out there, yeah. it's definitely not a kid show. So those of you guys who are under 14, don't watch it, but uh, but those of you who are over, uh, then then uh, if you watch if you don't watch Curb Your Enthusiasm, you should because it's oh, yeah. hilarious. But uh, that Larry David, who also he was one of Seinfeld. the co-writers right. of Seinfeld, uh, and and uh, and for those of you who are who are in in the older age bracket or film buffs, the uh, the Woody Allen sort of humor. Um, I feel like that's what that's where the battle droids are supposed to be. I like that. That's really where it hits me. And I think if you read it on the page, that's how that's how you might see it. But I don't know that Matt Wood is no, pulling I, that off. I I don't know if he's quite good enough quite, with his timing and his cadence to do it. Um, and I think that if you gave the battle droids to James Arnold Taylor or d bradley baker right. for so one episode happens. i think you'd see a really big difference because those guys are real aficionados of performance and man would would they ever knock that out of the park i think because i i think if you did that those jokes those those comedy moments they'd hit exactly right. on the nail whereas i think matt Wood's still trying to learn that and uh and and definitely with with this latest episode with Cargo of Doom, that that depressed, sad, like melancholy tone was a new right. thing for him, because uh, the droids they've been self-deprecating, like 
oh no, not again. You know, we're always the ones getting blown up. And they have a moment like that in Cargo of Doom, and it's funny, I think. And I think that he's getting better right. at that stuff. But but this moment of them being sad, I've actually had another friend comment to me on Facebook uh, that that the droids just seem depressed. Like somebody get them a robot <laughs> Prozac or something. Cause yeah. like, cause these droids have got a serious self-confidence issue. Yeah. issue right? It's, it's, yeah. it's getting really bad. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's my take on it. No, I, th- I think? think you hit it on the head there. Um, I think that, like you said, he did, he does a good job with Grievous and mm-hmm. the battle droids. I'm not really, I can take it or leave it. Um, not, yeah. I don't really have too much issue either way. I mean, I'll, like 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 with Madden, it's it's not really that funny to me. Um, yeah. But like these voices are all processed and synthesized or whatever you want to call it. So I think um, him doing that is is easier because he can, like you said, you can you can put that voice through a, a, a modulator, whatever they do it. But um, giving it to James Arnold Taylor or D. Bradley Baker, probably you still would probably hear a difference, even though they put it through the processor. So, um, yeah, yeah. But we'll see how far they go with the battle droids, and if they keep um, keep them in the issues or keep them in the issues, keep them in the series, um, and how much they put them in the series, mm-hmm. whether they back off a little bit, like they did with Jar Jar. You know, um, we only saw them a few times last year. Um, but I mean, they're obviously yeah. going to be in here a lot because we're talking about the Federation and all that. So, yeah. Oh, I, I, I really hope that they just sort of realize that that the battle droids need to be a little bit yeah. less emotional because they are that sort of shared consciousness. Um, so I feel like I feel like they need to be just like a they need to take a step back and make them they need to make the standard battle droids a little bit more like the super battle droids. Now, I don't think they need to make them identical because I think the super battle droids and the and the droid commandos need to be just a little bit less emotional. Like, they need to be blank slates because it makes them right. that much more menacing. And in order for them to be that menacing, you have to have the regular battle droids exactly. juxtaposed, right? So, I mean, I think keep them... keep. I think you can keep the dialogue the same as they have been in the last couple episodes, like in the, since since about the last third of season one. Um, but I think if you just get that performance a little bit less yeah. cartoony, I agree with and that. A little bit, a little bit more, yeah. more blank, uh, and emotionless, um, stoic, I guess, uh, then, then I think that that would, that would be the way, the way to sort of yeah. hit that happy medium, uh, of them still being comedic and still being, in comedic situations. Cause I didn't have any problem with the battle droid who looked over the edge in the movie and then fell. I had a problem with him screaming, screaming all the <laughs> right. way down, you know, like, like him falling over the edge. I, not, I thought was, was funny. Like they're poorly. They're not gonna scream, That's though. the point. Yeah. But I don't think they yeah. seem like ah, yeah, ah, no. all the way down. So, so, uh, thanks to Jedi Madden for posting and, uh, Good yeah, topic. it's a really good topic. It's a insightful, which which I like to see the insightful topics yeah, on, the, on the forum. Um, do you want to uh, give the upcoming? 
Yeah, I'll, I'll give this upcoming episode description. So the next episode is Children of the Force. It's coming up this Friday. And uh, it, the description is as follows. This description took me like 15 minutes to find online because StarWars.com, TV.com, TVGuide.com, Wikipedia don't have it. But Wikipedia did have it. So uh, thanks to whoever posted this on Wikipedia. And uh, here's the description. Cad Bane is given a new mission, kidnap Force-sensitive children from across the galaxy and bring them to Mustafar Sweet. for training. So, uh, so there oh. you go. I guess you were a little hey, more right than I was. I didn't so I, this is, we're going we're gonna to get, get to see a That's return to Mustafar. Cool. So, uh, well, not a return. This will be the first time we see Mustafar. That's true. So That's true. very interesting. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, it's hard very... not to get, you, you know, you read these and you're like, oh, man, this is going to be cool. So you try to like just balance yeah. it out. Okay, it sounds pretty darn cool, and let's not get too worked yeah. up. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? We don't <laughs> want we don't want ourselves. it to, yeah. uh, you know, come into it and and not be what we expect. So, but it sounds so cool, you know, yeah. to see like I said Mustafar yeah, again and it, the Sith training and yeah, it's it's gonna be good. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm interested to see who's going to be doing yeah, this at the train. Yeah, lots of questions here. So it'll be. It better not be Ventress because no. she's not a set. I'll be mad if it's yeah. it's, it's Ventress. But uh, okay. Anyways, that is that is our episode. We went really long. Well, we today, thought that was going to happen. So uh, I hope you guys enjoyed. Yeah, I, I hope you guys enjoyed this, this sort of monolithic <laughs> episode of uh, yeah. Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast Dude. for our season yeah. two. It was a premiere, so we knew it was going to go along. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, like like we always say, don't forget to go to CloneWarsPodcast.com and uh, check us out at Twitter. Username Clone Wars. Head over to Facebook. And if you don't want to write us, if if you're not into writing, send us a, a short MP3 um, over the email. Record, you know, you guys have iPhones or, yeah, or yeah, phones that record yourself. Record a question or record a comment or anything and, and send it to us and we'll play that over the air. Not not a big deal. So Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And then uh and don't forget to uh to head, head to, to the, the head to the forums yes. and uh and get in the discussion because uh we have great topics going on in there. And I am not yeah, nearly as get on there, the forums as I should be need to get back in there. But uh but I uh, Matt's Matt's <laughs> the representative. He's in I'm there, in there a lot, on a yeah. regular basis. So yeah, yeah, and uh, and there's sections where you can ask us questions. Uh, there's an Ask Mike and Ask Matt, and uh, and and definitely lots of different. There's polls and tons of different uh, forum topics and threads. I mean, this one that we read tonight is just it's just the tip of the iceberg. It's just one post in in a myriad of posts and for those of you who were on the forums and have kind of gone away from it because it kind of got quiet over the summer uh with no new episodes and no real information or anything um it is jumping again like it's there's so many people in there yeah, it's definitely the most active of the of uh, that with this yeah. yeah 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 uh, as as i as a subtopic on the geek out loud forums we are the most active uh group on on the uh, the yes. geek out loud forums so that is definitely something to be proud of uh as the as the front lines community so 
So get in there and uh, and actually I'll just mention to head to the site because uh, one of our forum members has actually written a couple of reviews and I'm going to be posting those on the site in in nice. probably the next day or so along with yeah. this episode. So so if you guys want reviews, if you want to read another perspective, a written review of the episode, that's going to be up on the site. So don't forget to come to the site, check that out, email us. You can email me, Mike at clonewarspodcast.com. And you can email Matt at Matt at clonewarspodcast.com. And uh, and and I guess that's our show. So that is uh, it. we will see you guys next week. And may Take the force be with you. Okay. Everybody commit noise now. Yay! All right. Good episode, Cohen. Oh man, that was long. <laughs> I am hungry. I'm starving. I'm starving. I, mean, um, I I got I have meatballs that are from I used to live in Penticton, which is about uh, eight hours away. Oh, not eight hours away. It's about it's about five or six hours away. My parents were just up there uh, visiting some people, so I. Uh, they picked up some meatballs from my favorite Italian meatballs. restaurant, and so I have I have some curried meatballs, and I'm going to chow down, chow down on those balls. balls. What do I have? Enchiladas. We got enchiladas. Good time. Yeah, we're in we're nice. in at uh, an hour and thirty three. Or wait, no, 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 that's not right. Oh. One hundred thirty three minutes. Yeah. One hundred thirty three minutes. Okay, so that's that's just over two hours. Wow, <laughs> a long episode. Yeah, that is a long. It's all episode. good. Good times. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I yeah. hope everybody likes it. it. Yeah. I'm digging it. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and uh, stop the recording right here. Stop.